Welcome to Show You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today's guest is formerly known as Julie Jester, now Julie Jester Newman. And as her name implies, although she's very quick to point out, it's unrelated to, Julie is very involved in uh, the Caltech prank history. And that's a really fun topic for Shirley or Joking. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. How's Thanks it going? Thanks for having me. So you were a Caltech undergrad, right? Correct. Just like I was. Yeah. Um, you, what did you study? What did you major in? I yeah, was... That's the number one question Caltech people have to ask, right? Like, uh, yeah. What's your house? What's your house major? House major. <laughs> uh, so class of 2014, electrical engineering, um, Lloyd House, best house. All right. Well, we can discuss that. All right. Awesome. So, um, what did you study again? Sorry, I electrical engineering. Electrical engineering. Yep. Okay. So, why was I setting up all the the electrical equipment before you could have helped me? Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you were um, you weren't just involved in pranks. You were there's a prank club at Caltech, right? There is. is yes. What's the, could you tell me about the club? You were the president, right? I was. Yes. So the prank club is um, about as loosely as one could call a club. Uh-huh. It, to be sense. honest, it sort of uh, forms and unforms whenever anyone has a good idea. Uh huh. So and and could it be the club itself is a form of meta prank or something? Uh, perhaps. Like, yeah. Mostly, it's uh, just to. In order to, to have Caltech happy with you, you got to be an official right. club. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so philosophical like five minutes into the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's just um, the first thing I'm always on. The, wait, what if this is a prank? Um. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, back when I was in high school, I, of course, when I was applying to colleges, I looked at Caltech, loved the pranks, thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, knew if I went to Caltech, I super wanted to be involved. And so then once I started at Caltech, um, managed to get in on some little small pranks and more of like the interpersonal pranks uh, in my first year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not surprising from Lloyd. Lloyd is a big part of the pranking history. We do have quite a history for it, that's for sure. There's yeah. a lot of pranks you guys do on uh, um, on campus, for example, like sort of annual th- Yeah, we have and- an annual um, prank tradition uh, for around Christmas time. There's uh, the large Millican Library. It's the tallest building on the Caltech campus. And I think Pasadena maybe. Actually, and Pasadena, yes. The biggest in Pasadena. Nothing is allowed to be taller than it now, yeah. even. Which it, which is super weird because there are not very many tall buildings on on Caltech campus, so it really sticks out. It really does, and it's a giant, big, dark obelisk too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but every like- year, Lloyd House um, makes what we call the Lloyd Christmas tree, which is where we string lights. They're you know two hundred feet long. Uh, from the top all at a point down to the bottom to make a Christmas tree shape mm-hmm. and then top it with the Lloyd L. Yeah. Uh, have you guys gone green on that yet? Are they LEDs now or are they still incandescent It's funny, actually. We switched it my year. It used to be the old little glass Christmas lights, which mm-hmm. is just a pain to mess with. As yeah. someone who had to go through and make sure it worked from the previous year, half right. of them were broken. You to, yeah, you have to like screw one in, put it in. Oh, yeah. I was covered in band-aids from broken lights at the end of that. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if you could buy those anymore. I mean, they might not even be around. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, they at least have them plastic now, I think. Oh, okay. But we, for for the year after mine, we switched it to uh, to be rope lights. So it's just the, the big plastic core with the lights sort of embedded so you can't break it. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the problems we actually had was the Christmas lights blowing in the wind and hitting against the building, which would break them. Because <laughs> it's made out of, like, solid stone or something. It, it so is, weird. yeah. And so... After the after the tree would go up, we would then have to often go back and like take down one strand and refix it and put it mm-hmm. back up. So you so you just you were, you wanted to do pranks at Caltech before you even got to Caltech. Yes. Uh, were you considering um, the uh, the the arch enemy um, MIT when you were looking for colleges? Oh yeah, I, I definitely was considering MIT. Caltech was my first choice. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, would you have pranked us if you had gone to Pro- probably, <laughs> probably, to be honest. All right. All right. I'm just testing your loyalties. <laughs> that's all. Um, okay. So uh, you not just you don't only do pranks now, but you, you talked a lot about... Uh, I saw a video of you on the internet talking about Caltech's prank history. What were some of your favorite uh, pranks before you got there? Before I got there? Uh, let's see. The favorite ones... So the big, big most well-known one is the 
uh, Hollywood sign prank, mm-hmm. which was done by Lloydies. I know you brought up how Lloyd has know that, so quite that, that a was... lot of prank history. Um, yeah, actually, when I was a freshman, we had a, a reunion year, and one of the guys from the uh, Hollywood sign prank came back, and actually we had a, a little powwow where he sort of just stood up and everyone just gathered around and he told the full story, which... <laughs> If any of these prank stories, you know, when you read the the story online, it's a very condensed version. Uh-huh. There's a lot more mayhem uh, behind the scenes and a lot more little interesting tidbits that often don't come out in the, the high-level stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was your favorite. And then you decided to, uh, to sort of carry on that particular tradition. Can you tell us about the... Yeah, the- so in getting involved with the, with the pranks at Caltech... Um, I wanted us to really extend what we had had because a lot of the pranks were spaced out and were so long in the past given how short the time span, you know, being a student is. So I, the the most recent one had been like seven years ago of large scale pranks and that was the uh, MIT t-shirt prank. Mm-hmm. Um, What's with that one? The So the MIT t-shirt prank was... Uh, where a group of Caltech students went over to MIT, um, mm. and they had had a bunch of print of T-shirts printed, which said MIT on the front, um, and they were giving them out. And this will come back later as to analogies. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were giving them out for free to students at MIT, um, all rolled up in a little in a nice little T-shirt tube. And so the outside, you only see MIT, but then everyone was putting on the shirts. The back of the shirt says, uh, because not everyone could go to Caltech. And there's a palm tree. (laughs) We really love rubbing in the palm trees. We really do love rubbing in the Uh palm trees. I mean, MIT... But MIT has snow and tunnels, so they could rub that in our face. We got more tunnels than them. (laughs) They're much more interesting, having been in both. They have to live in their tunnels to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ours are too warm. They literally need them. Yeah, and we do keep the... I mean, it's it's a rivalry with MIT, but it's very friendly, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we really want to keep, especially the pranking tradition, alive. For now, it's uh... (laughs) so far, no one has has done anything so bad that the other side is mad. (laughs) It's really only been the oh wow, they really got us. We'll have to get Mm -hmm. them back. But seriously, it's a political powder keg ready to go off. I think (laughs) (laughs) you never know. Um, Could get serious. Okay, so that that was I remember that one. Um, I don't know if you saw this but somebody found that and we don't know to date i think if this was an actual prank done or who did it but there's now a store caltech doesn't sell t-shirts directly anymore i don't think or at least not as many not all of them they have like a lot of online t-shirts and uh someone just randomly noticed like it was never pointed out but that there's this shirt being sold as a caltech shirt through an online company and there's a bunch of equations on it Mm -hmm. and the equations have like uh you know they have like E squared over, or sorry, E over C squared, which is like a, that you ha- you have to know that that's M. <laughs> and then there's like a, a, like the square root of negative one for I, and then there's another one that's the formula for time. Mm-hmm. And somebody, you have to actually like transcribe all of these. Did, did you hear about this one? Yeah, has, I, I've seen this has one. Has anyone figured out who, who did it? And, and why is no one taking credit for it? I, I mean, don't, it's, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's taking credit. Yeah, for sure. It's uh. It might have even been like an accidental one because MIT has sold that on a shirt for ages. Uh, and <laughs> That's almost worse if we pranked ourselves. <laughs> I don't know you know, it, I would not even be surprised if it was just some person designing a cool t-shirt and they're like, oh, I need a Caltech t-shirt. Let's look at MIT's. And then they're like, oh, yeah, math. Let's put that on there. <laughs> Well, I, don't, I hope you can get to the bottom of this, because if that's true, that's almost sadder. I'd prefer to think that <laughs> this is some very elaborate thing where someone's like, oh, yeah, so. try I our equation. I want it to be elaborate, yeah. <laughs> the person's just like deep, deep undercover, so we haven't heard about it yet. <laughs> okay, uh, I noticed you brought with you uh, this this mug. I have a really beaten up one that I showed you. Can you, can you tell us about this, uh, yeah. this MIT mug? From the outside... It, uh, for people who are just listening, through the outside, it just looks like an MIT mug. It's all black, has red lettering in the MIT logo, mm-hmm. but that's just a ruse. Am I right? It, it is a ruse, yes. So during my time when I took over the, the Caltech prank club, did two major pranks. So this, this one was the, the second of them uh, in, my, in my senior year just before graduating. Still managed to graduate, so we're good. Uh, 
So the it mug... took me like seven years, by the way. So yeah, you got, you got multiple degrees. So <laughs> no, to graduate is with oh, a BS. For yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's fine. It was hard. Uh, so this um, when I took on the uh, the the role of prank prank club president. I knew I wanted us to go back to MIT since we hadn't been back there and I since I think 2007 and this was uh, 2010 at the time. So the idea was that we would go over there during their weekend for high school students who have been admitted who are deciding which which college they want to attend. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a lot of overlap between the the Caltech and the MIT prospective students. So this is fun to mess with and our weekend is coincidentally one weekend after theirs. So, mm-hmm. so it lines up. Well. So it lines up well. So the idea was to go out to MIT and pose as MIT students um, and just, just, you know, sort of mess with them. So the way we decided to do that was designing these coffee mugs and so the coffee mug on the outside has, is all black shows the classic MIT block logo um, and then you should be a little bit, uh, surprised cause it says the Institute of Technology as opposed to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. <laughs> I thought they literally called themselves that, don't they? No. Oh, just right. the Institute? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Um, that's good. <laughs> but so I thought it was playing off of their mugs that smugly said that already, but no, I don't think so. Been, okay, good. If it all was, right. it was unintentional. <laughs> um, and so the these mugs though have a secret and that is that they are temperature sensitive so while it's cold it says mit but once you fill it with hot water it will change colors and go from the the black outside to suddenly the entire mug is orange which is the caltech color and the block letters that used to say mit now expand into saying caltech um where it said the Institute of Technology, it then changes to the hotter Institute of Technology. And for an ode to the previous pranks, uh, a little palm tree also pops up. Yes, got to have the palm trees. Uh, <laughs> because we we love we love pointing out how Caltech has much better weather than MIT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although this week it's uh might actually be <sighs> This week it might be too hot. Yeah, it's yeah. too hot. The we hundreds. Our, we have our standard fires and uh and hundreds of degrees, yeah. Or, yeah, luckily someone fantastic invented air conditioning so Mm -hmm. So, inside uh, it is so when you guys were handing this out it took a while for somebody to figure it out but there 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 are people who are like on the lookout for this right there were uh like the mit um you know the the older students were they kind of a little nervous because these mugs were coming out of nowhere um so okay so let's let's back up so the for the prank so we made these mugs we had about 600 800 made of them uh and then shipped them all out to mit actually had them in the living rooms of a few alums that live in the area who are doing grad school at mit or at the nearby uh universities and then flew out there with a team of uh 13 of us day before we went to the mit bookstore uh, got some MIT t-shirts so we'd have camouflage um, and scoped out the entire area like full tactical figuring out where everything is we mapped it out please tell me you did the little earbud thing you know like and said come in like rogue seven we did we did have like assigned roles of like communication duty uh-huh. and stuff like who's gonna call at the certain areas if i ever carry out a prank which unfortunately i haven't been able to do i'm gonna do that even if i don't do, have an earpiece yeah. yeah just it has to be done it's an important feature um <laughs> And so, uh, the what we ended up scoping out. So it's their weekend for uh, for the the admitted high school students who are deciding which school they want to go to, which is pretty convenient because there's a lot of new faces no one recognizes around there. Mm-hmm. So also camouflage. Yeah. We we had one of the uh, freshmen on the team uh, go in and pretend to be one of the high school students, and <laughs> so we could get a few programs <laughs> and figure out where everything was. Um, <laughs> And then we we made our plan. We had a few different strategies going in, but uh, ended up settling on them after scoping things out. So the plan was they had a big convocation in like their big gym. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, well, everyone will be inside there. 
So we'll wait outside by the doors, and as the students walk out, we'll just give them their free mug, welcome them for the weekend, <laughs> tell them to keep warm, um, and no one will be the wiser. That's so devilishly clever. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, the additional part to it, too, was we figured most of the administrators and things would probably be stuck inside answering people's questions. Uh -huh. So they wouldn't be outside as everyone was leaving. So uh, as, the, as the event was, was ending, uh, we were all stationed. We had people at both exits for the, for the gym um, <laughs> with, uh, you know, six at one, seven at the other, bunch of boxes, have a few open, all of us standing there. Uh, and as the, the students start trickling out, we just run up, hand them a mug, tell them welcome for the weekend, stay warm, and enjoy. <laughs> stay warm. And they were very excited about this. I mean, it... Did you make sure there was no coffee out so that it wouldn't get discovered too early? That could have brought down the whole thing, right? Oh, there was, there was nothing nearby for them to go. They were all then <laughs> heading off to other events that were across the campus. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't, there wasn't like beverages or anything set up there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and a, another thing, too, which is one of the finer details that often gets lost in telling the story. We had made little business cards in there, too, um, which we had stuck inside of each mug that said, uh, you know, take a picture of yourself with your mug to show your pride. Um, send, us a, send it to us here and we'll enter you in a drawing to win a prize. Uh, so we got a few really hilarious uh pictures after the fact of you know people holding their mug up next to their face and smiling and saying thank you mit and uh these many of these pictures came down uh a couple days later when they figured out what it was <laughs> that's so funny so you also worked on a prank related that was well, not related but inspired by the hollywood prank I, yes and i'm actually frustrated i live very close to where this prank was was uh, perpetrated and i didn't actually know about it and i feel oh, like no. there must have been a alum breakdown in communication because i wish i had known about it. i would have gone and taken a picture and everything and i didn't know about it until i watched the video uh. But anyway, can you tell yeah, me about that? Yeah, there's a bit of an issue where you got to keep the, the ruse going, so yeah. we can't exactly publicize <laughs> that something's going on. Uh, so uh, the previous one was the, the prank for MIT, but then I also really wanted us to go back to the Rose Bowl. Uh -oh. We hadn't been... It was like a merger of two famous it, pranks. It was, yeah. <laughs> and it, it initially started with just like, we got to go back to the Rose Bowl. We haven't been in the Rose Bowl in mm -hmm. ages. And Caltech has a history of of being at the Rose Bowl and... and uh, Breaking into the scoreboard. Breaking into the scoreboard, the, changing the, the winning team to be Caltech and the losing team to be mm -hmm. MIT. And also a card prank, right? And the flip card yeah. prank, yes. This was um, during one of the games, the teams had planned to have uh, to have flip cards for their schools. So this was the, the old thing where everyone in the stands would be given a piece of paper mm -hmm. uh, or a few pieces of paper and they would flip them over and then it looks like the stands are a big image mm -hmm. um and so they had gone in and managed to change all of those cards so that instead of the school the respective schools it it started saying caltech and instead. It, it was ucla versus usc wasn't it was it i think so i don't remember yeah so that's my understanding anyway just the reason that matters is because those are also rival schools in california and I met somebody who thought Caltech was a rival of UCLA, which I thought was hilarious for a lot of different reasons. Interesting. But, but okay. one is, like, Caltech does not have a football team, so we cannot be football rivals with UCLA. Yeah, we... Um, <laughs> but, but they are. There's this, you know, there's this thing called the... the they get a thing called the bell, or now I can't remember the name of the bell. Um, but they trade this bell every year because they have this team, and it's, like, the biggest college game in Southern California. Huh. And uh, it's... It's extra funny that they could they would do this because it's like Caltech's real rival is MIT. So and I don't think MIT would ever play the actual like collegiate level that uh, yeah U we, either USC or no UCLA. we we like to joke that I mean Caltech doesn't have a football team and we haven't had it for a very long time uh, yes. and certainly the only way we're going to get into the Rose Bowl for some like normal sports sports reason mm. is never going to happen. Right. <laughs> So we have to hack. That's the only way we have to hack into the system. We have to go Neo on it. Yeah, you got you got to remember too. I mean, we have our basketball team, and they've been doing better lately. But there was a movie made about how they hadn't won a game in some. Oh yeah, quantum hoops. Quantum hoops yeah. in what, like ten years or so something? They hadn't won a game. The, we have to nerd up the title of that one. Too. Oh yeah. Very appropriate though. That's a great movie, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, it is, and the the 
the coach for it too. He's he's still at at Caltech. He's mm-hmm. a fantastic guy. Yep, really nice guy. Oh, and and I was there when when they actually did break the streak. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had a great time after that for sure. Mm-hmm. I have a, a fun um, side story. So a friend of mine is in that movie because he really loves Caltech basketball, and he appears a couple of times. He doesn't. He, he's just a fan. He's like one of the biggest fans, <laughs> which is so weird. He also likes the Clippers, which is also kind of weird. But um, anyway, he started a company working on a robot that flips burgers. And oh yeah, yeah. So he's in that Flippy. Yeah, Flippy. Yeah. Oh, aren't they? Uh, I, I saw they had a press release or something. Aren't they in one of the stadiums now? Uh, I think or is it so. a demo? Well, I'm not sure a, if that was. I don't know if they're in the same, but they have a, like a Dodgers uh, like sock. So Flippy has this like sock that oh, goes over okay. it. Okay, so he just yeah. But I don't. I mean, it might be in in the Dodgers stadium. That would be a great place for it. Right now, you can see him down at uh, um, Cali Burger in Pasadena. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Good time. Uh, so, so uh, we were see. we were getting into the story about the about the Pasadena sign prank, mm-hmm. um, and so lots of history with the Rose Bowl. Caltech has done a bunch of things there. Flip card prank is one of the favorites, of course. Um, and I wanted us to go back to the Rose Bowl, and so after a number of ideas, turns out it's pretty hard to get into the Rose Bowl. Um, I do commend them on their security. Mm-hmm. Um, having tried to break through it a couple times and yeah. then being I, shooed away. I would think that's the hardest part now because the U.S. is much more security conscious than it Absolutely. was 30, 40 years ago. That, that is definitely true, um, which is why we chose to take the prank not inside of the Rose Bowl, since that's very challenging with lots mm-hmm. of people and security risks and such, um, and instead right outside um, on the hills that overlook the the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so this was where we tied in both an ode to the old Rose Bowl pranks and also an ode to the Hollywood sign prank, where, so we built a Hollywood sign, didn't say Hollywood, it said Pasadena, Uh, letters were, you know, 16 feet high, and the whole sign was about 150 feet linear across the hillside, Mm -hmm. Um, and we put this up there during the BCS championship game, we had it just pop up overnight, and so it read Pasadena in big white letters over the hillside. Um, the Trojan horse right there. The, right? the Trojan horse. Yes, exactly. Um, and for, for this game, it was, it was funny. Lots of people were tailgating. So we were uh, watching Twitter and saw some pictures of people being like, wow, I didn't know there was a Pasadena sign. <laughs> Please tell me USC was playing there because they're, they're the Trojans, which would be extra funny if they got it, it Trojan It would be horse. funny if they got Trojan horse. <laughs> Um, so, of course, this, yes, it was not intended just to be a Pasadena sign. So, as it got towards halftime, and, uh, and, uh, the, it's getting dark outside, we had actually studded the entire sign with Christmas lights, um, orange Christmas lights to change the letters from Pasadena to Caltech. <laughs> so, <laughs> once halftime started, uh, we, we turned on the sign, and of course, where everyone had previously seen Pasadena on the hills, now they said, saw the bright, glowing orange Caltech instead. That was perfect. <laughs> um... I just, re- I'm going to briefly interrupt. I remember we did not do a clap, so I should probably do it now. It would have been nicer at the beginning, but I should still do it. <laughs> All right. Just make sure we have that sync. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, since we have an edit here, let me clear my head. And uh, Can you just name some more things that uh, you'd like to talk about so I can try and... So those are those are the two big pranks. I can tell more of the, the backstory stuff to the That's probably either the... of them. Yeah, that's probably the most interesting. Um, um, so, like, there's... Or you can even talk a little bit about how you get one going, like, the prank fund and how you guys get funded. Yeah, can talk, oh, yeah. can talk about the prank fund, um, can talk about, uh, yeah, getting it set up. The the Pasadena sign prank, we actually had a lot of manpower on, and it ended up, uh, we initially thought, we, we got one hillside, and we got it all okayed, we could do it there, and then they pulled out a couple days beforehand. Yes. So previously we were on a hill that was a little farther away, but it was very close to the street. Uh And then in scrambling the few days before we through a series of connections got to Kip Thorne. Okay. I know you've actually interviewed, which is funny. Let me ask about those, uh, in sequence. I'll try, I can remember those. And then I also have a little story to tell you about that hillside, which is kind of funny too. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. So how do you, pull off uh, a prank of this magnitude. I mean, like, this seems like you were talking about a sign that's hundreds of feet and you did it 
overnight. How on earth do you get that many people organized to do this? How do you not get arrested? How do you get, <laughs> how do you get the funding for this? Let's start with people. How do you get people to do this? I mean, aren't they doing homework? <laughs> um, so this was actually, so since the, the game in the Rose Bowls in January, it was right mm-hmm. after the, the Christmas break. Uh-huh. And so a lot of work happened during that break. Right. Perfect. Beginning of the term. That's when all the... Uh, yeah. Everyone, <laughs> no one has work break yet. Caltech students have. <laughs> it's like that one week when you come back. Yeah. And so a lot, a lot of the planning happened with a smaller group to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, had about, I don't know, 20 or so people at the beginning thinking we could pull it off with that. Uh, later learned that that was not going to be nearly enough people. Uh, so planning initially did a bunch of the the design to plan out the sign. We did a lot of pre-building actually um, at the Caltech campus. And of the then, letters? And of the letters, like. yeah. <laughs> of the letters, of the lights, uh, painting everything white. Uh, turns out it's a lot of wood just to make a bunch of, uh, a bunch of letters on a hillside. Mm-hmm. And so many runs, runs to Home Depot, um, got rental trucks to ship everything over to the hillside. Um, and so in some of the backstory for this prank, we, again, had initially scoped it for much fewer people, thinking we could pull it off, that'll be fine. It's a lot easier to keep a secret with fewer people. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so... Especially nowadays with the web and everything. Oh, exactly. One yeah. And so we had also scoped out a location for the sign that was initially a hill... Uh, a little bit farther away than where we ended up doing it, but the it was still going to be in great great visibility from the Rose Bowl, and the nice thing was that the spot at the top of the hill was only about I don't know fifty feet from the street, mm-hmm. so super easy, <laughs> nice. Just going to take it off the truck, walk it over there, put it down, stand it up, and these these letters were sort of made like picture frames, so they sort of have an angled back that holds them holds them up. Uh, that plan fell through. We eventually, we had sort of secretly gotten the agreement of of the location for the sign, and then they decided, oh, no, if you have the president of Caltech talk to us, then we'll go for it. Um, but we had three days, and uh, I think it was Shamo at the time, and Shamo was not going to be findable uh, for <laughs> this little thing. And so uh, then scrambling to find a new location... Um, And because we're Caltech, through a series of connections, we learned actually that Kip Thorne lives in the uh, neighborhood right there at the base of the hill. That's awesome. Yeah, Kip Thorne on Nobel Laureate has been on the show. Nobel Laureate has been on the uh, show. Professor of uh, uh, General Relativity. I have these. Oh, fantastic! He he gave me these. He wrote me these personal. these personal pages because I didn't do enough of the homework, so I had to take a test at the end of the term. And he didn't have a test for everybody, so he wrote me. And now it even says, like, personal... Final uh, exam final for exam. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. And I kept it at the time. was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome when he eventually wins a Nobel Prize, which finally happened. And now, Which he did now, And yeah. now they're framed. And, uh, <laughs> and what's extra funny is uh, it's uh, what is the, is about wormholes from Interstellar. And the other homework problem is about gravitational waves from LIGO. Huh? Because he was like, I'm not going to have a student talking about being in my class and not know how to do those And not problems. know how to do those, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a bare minimum. Okay, so Kip Thor gave... It turns out he lives there. So, so it turns out he lives there. And uh, so through a series of connections, we, we get to talk to him. And we're like, hey, we want to do this thing. How's that sound? And he's like, yeah, sure. I have a hill you can use in my backyard. This sounds great. That's awesome. I'm not at all surprised he'd be into Yeah, this. he's like, well, let's talk to the Homeowners Association guy who lives next door. So he literally like walked over and uh, got him. Was he wearing his Nobel Prize when he went to go talk No, this to him? was before he got oh, it. Oh, this is before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it, it's 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 much cooler now that retroactively. It, if I were in a homeowners association and I had a Nobel Prize, I would wear it to all the meetings. Just, just all you know, the time, yeah. yeah. Just like not all the time because I don't want to be like uh, like a jerk, but you know, <laughs> for special occasions. Yeah, for like homeowners association meetings mm-hmm. and, and maybe neighborhood watch or something. Like I have a suggestion, <laughs> you know, just sort of hold it out. <laughs> <laughs> it would get you the good yeah. good cred for, for people taking you seriously. Um, so uh, while this new location was awesome because it's related to Kip Thorne and it's a vastly better story, mm-hmm. um, it was drastically more challenging. So whereas previously the first location was very close to the street, this new location, um, there was probably a hundred, you know, it People like to say, like, oh, yeah, they're hills. This is more of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
to get to the top of this thing from where the from where the house is and where the road is, uh, you have to go on switchbacks. Um, and there's about 150, 200 feet of vertical change. Mm-hmm. Um, and realize we're trying to car- carry giant letters that are, you know, like 16 of feet each. And, and they're just massive. Oh, and we also were carrying up sandbags and batteries to power this thing. Um, so now it's switchbacks. It takes about 20 minutes to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And there's low overhanging trees, so it's impossible to take the letters up in one piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, in uh, standard uh, Caltech engineering fashion, we're not going to let this stop us. Mm-hmm. So I actually went. This probably gets more people involved, right? They're like, "Oh, a really hard oh, problem." Yeah. So I, I went back to our core team after they, you know, they had known that we lost our location. We needed a new location. I went back to them. We had this little powwow, and it's you know, this is like the movie moment where everyone's just sort of sitting on the couches and some people are sitting on the second level of the couch. And I'm like, okay, guys, I don't know if we could do this. We got this new, we've got this new location, but there's switchbacks and it's really hard to get to the top. And they're like, no, we could do it. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And they were all 100% behind it, possibly because they hadn't actually seen the mountain yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up making it work. And uh, in over the next couple days, the team expanded from that 20 to us, we had people from all of the different Caltech houses. And so we all just went back to our houses and got as many people as we could muster, <laughs> which ended up being by the end, we counted something like 200 discreet people had helped wow. <laughs> um, with the prank over this time. And this uh-huh. is this is when it's still on break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was people who had like just gotten back two days ago and classes don't start quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that you called them discreet people. <laughs> Because it, for people who don't know, listen, I know this phrase, Celtic terminology. She means, uh, you mean like uh, individual, individual people, people, not people yeah. who are keeping a secret. As a, You mean discreet <laughs> people as opposed to continuous people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Maura, so some people were there every single day, right. but we would have, you know, one person show up for two hours right. and they, they got tallied I knew, in. I totally knew what you meant. I'm just trying to translate. <laughs> for everyone listening, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. We have a, a finite lot of, number of people, meaning not zero or infinite. <laughs> yeah. And so um, 200 people, you know, sounds like a lot, but... That's like almost... That's an entire class. You have right? to realize, yeah, there's... Like you know, between think. 800 and 1,000 undergrads. Mm-hmm. So, so like yeah, we had like a quarter of the, of the of the undergrad <laughs> population helping with this. Um, I think I think we probably had a couple grad students in the mix there, but it was it was sparing. Mm-hmm. They um, were so discreet, by the way, that I didn't hear about it until <laughs> right just now. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily the 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 secret well, across that those. 200 people only had to stand for two or three days, so right. we managed what, for to... for the moving and the Managed logistics. to keep it in, yeah. yeah. So we had a full team. We had done some of the assembly at Caltech. Then we shipped everything over now to Kip Thorne's backyard and mm. had a whole team there finishing assembly. And we ended up, to get these letters up the hill, um, we couldn't carry them over these switchbacks. Low overhanging trees, we're going to have to break down the letters. Um, and even then it was going to be really challenging. So we did, uh, cut every single letter in half. And then there were two options to get up this hillside. One was the switchbacks, which would take you forever. And two was this very steep, like, I don't know, 50 degrees vertical, (laughs) uh, covered in like, in just this grassy, nothing squishy dirt. Mm -hmm. Um, and fire food, we call it. And it's it's so tempting. We were just staring, standing at the bottom, and we're like, man, we we tried to get one letter up with the switchbacks, mm-hmm. and we're like, if only we could just go straight up right there, it'd be so much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so we rigged up a pulley system. <laughs> uh, we there was a, a number of sturdy trees up at the top, mm-hmm. and so we got a pulley around this tree. And we had two people put on climbing harnesses, like the safety full rigged hold your legs harnesses, mm-hmm. and they acted as the counter ballast. So, <laughs> so they like rappel down. While so, the sign so they goes ran up. down the hill <laughs> while on the other side we had the letter tied on, and we mm-hmm. had a number of us uh, running up the hillside uh, with it. And you're just tripping every like three feet. So it was just they kept going as quickly as we could, and over. Gosh, it probably took us like 20 hours worth of doing this just to get all the letters up. Wow. 
<laughs> it's amazing. I have a funny story about that um, hill. Does I recognize? It. So um, there's a so real genius. Not a secret that it's based on Galtech, but there's a um, there's a character. I don't want to shame who this character is, so I'm not going to even mention it. But there, the the sort of bad guy of the movie is based on a composite of two real people, and one of the <laughs> one of the people lives up at the top of that hill. It's not Kip Thorne. I'll just say that I'm going to clear Kip Thorne. But that popcorn prank that's in the movie Real Genius is supposed to be at that it's a house being built at the top of the hill that's referencing a real house that's actually on that hill. Huh? I don't think there was actually a laser from space that popped popcorn in it, but it's just funny that there's still this connection, like a prank connection there. With the hillside, yeah. Because yeah. of course in Real Genius they have a like a prank-like attitude too. So Okay, so how do you... Uh, this sounds expensive. You mentioned how much wood is in there. How did you guys... <laughs> pay for this and how do you how do you certainly for things like flying across the country and moving giant letters how, yeah. how on earth do you do that so uh a good chunk of it was off of donations um so uh i don't know many years ago they designated a prank fund um which is really the the reason that the club has to exist for real is so that we can have a bank account uh, yeah. uh and so in this bank account, there have been donations from various alumni who thought it was cool. I'm starting to think of a legitimate uh, reason to create a prank prank club now, too, because you could also be like, haha, just kidding. I'm, I flew down to Mexico living off the prank fund. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, I, that's my idea. Don't steal that one. I'm going to do that. Prank. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so this, this prank fund also, um, we mentioned the MIT t shirt prank a while back. Mm -hmm. So those t shirts are sold in the bookstore. Um, and they had rigged up a deal where a little bit of the profit from that got siphoned off into the prank fund. Um, oh, this is like a self-sustaining business exactly. model here. And, and nothing had amazing. happened for long enough that there was just a good amount of money sitting in there. It's like a Silicon Valley success story. Right, that no, that no one had done with. And by this time, it had been long enough, too, where the sales of the MIT t-shirt mm -hmm. were sort of dwindling off. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, we used uh, used the prank fund. Um, the uh, the Pasadena sign prank was very expensive and uh, did use up most of that fund. Uh, uh, so hence next time, maybe maybe what you could do is like you you could have had people waiting at the exit of the Rose Bowl, like get a picture of the prank we just pulled on you and just sell. Because <laughs> there's like fifty thousand people in the Rose Bowl usually, right? Something oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah. Well, we were. <laughs> We were you fund the whole prank right there. We were hiding up on the hill. Uh, we were not going to, to reveal ourselves all. right at the at the Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah, so this prank fund uh, had been sitting around accruing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and when I took over, I was surprised to see that it actually had a good amount of money in there. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what went and funded all of our wood and our car rentals and stuff. Uh, we we got. A uh, little help from from some connections at Caltech too to give us. Uh, we we borrowed one of the trucks from uh, from like the the ground services. They let us use it, uh -huh. um, so that was free. Nice. And then uh, manual labor was all free. Uh -huh. <laughs> awesome. So then uh, the sounds like grad school. Yeah, that like grad been. school. <laughs> and so having depleted the prank fund with the passing sign, then going back to the MIT tea mugs were, were afterwards and um i did a similar deal where i got the caltech bookstore to sell the the mugs now and mm -hmm. so whenever anyone buys one of the mugs five dollars gets siphoned off and goes to the prank fund oh so i helped i yeah. bought one of these mugs so i helped, yeah. and i need to buy another one so. they sell them online too so go ahead well, buy awesome. another one. i thought at the time I, I think they were like really in short supply but i guess you can keep ordering them or was there a big supply oh the they, they still they still put in a regular order oh that's awesome from the same <laughs> the same guy it's funny too because the the guy who we initially bought these mugs from i'm pretty sure we're like most of his business wow. it was just this little teeny house <laughs> Right. He's like the world supplier of black ink that turns orange or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so it worked out well. I, I think he really likes us. I've I've heard now from the, the people who run the bookstore that every so often he just calls back and he's like, hey, you want to buy some more yet? <laughs> That's awesome. So you right now actually work at JPL, which is a good, solid 
chunk of our our guests <laughs> from JPL because we're very close by space and, and Caltech and, and robots and awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I just want to talk to you about the news that's this week. Probably won't be the week that this episode goes out, but it's pretty big deal because we talked a lot about uh, looking for water on Mars, and it sounds like for the first time there might be some solid evidence of liquid water on Mars found by uh, radar, not by a robot, but you know, orbiting mm-hmm. satellite. Um, but you're you're working on something kind of related, right? You're, uh, what what project are you working on right now at JPL? Yeah, so the the mission I'm working on is called Europa Clipper, and mm-hmm. I am working on the radar instrument actually, which oh, is called wow. oh, Reason. Fantastic! <laughs> this is like I love these convergence. This is like we had Bill Nye the day that Planet Nine was announced, and now we have oh like, wow! Now we have radar expert on the uh, the day the lake is discovered. <laughs> so is the radar that you guys are going to put in? Is it going to be looking for something similar for things like liquid water? And how does that work? How do you, how does radar see liquid water? I mean, how does that? Uh, so we already know that there is. So Europa Clipper, the mission, is going to Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter, mm-hmm. and. What we know of Europa, and we're, we're pretty sure about this, it's, it's really just bounding the problem. Uh, it's an, a central rocky core, mm-hmm. and then a big liquid water ocean, mm-hmm. more water than is on Earth by far, mm-hmm. um, and then an ice shell. And so... Mmm, ice shell. <laughs> uh, and so we... Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm on a low-carb diet, so whenever mm-hmm. you, when I hear ice shell, it just makes me think of ice cream I can't eat. <laughs> um. So the we're not sure exactly how thick that ice is. Um, mm-hmm. They've sort of bounded it between like two and twenty kilometers, I think. And I'm I'm not on the. It's like almost like our crust, you know, like the Earth's crust. Yeah, right? and but except they, ice. We're, we think too there are these cooler areas that have uh, thinner ice, mm-hmm. um, and those obviously would be more interesting to to see. We think there might be some. Um, exchange of material from the surface down mm-hmm. to the ocean. And is that part of the mission? Like, look where maybe future probes can find ice thin that enough is, that is to one, go through? That is part of the mission, yeah. We're yeah. doing a lot of science with, with just uh, the radar. Um, and the the spacecraft will fly with a number of instruments, lots of cameras, mass spectrometer, full suite. Was it going to orbit? We or orbit Jupiter okay. um, and then do very close flybys of Europa. Turns out orbiting uh, Europa would be a very high radiation environment and our spacecraft would not survive for very long. Oh, wow. Okay. But life probably can. Because of the ice, Yeah, right? so the, exactly, the finding life in space, you sort of, you can't have no radiation because then nothing interesting happens. But if you have too much radiation, then everything just gets obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, where this could actually be a nice, happy medium. Uh, the surface of the ice, we're very positive, is dead. There's way too much radiation. But actually, once you get only even uh, you know a few feet or so under the ice, the radiation levels would get low enough that things could survive. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So how, do, how does radar find ice, though? I mean, what is... I mean, sorry, water. How does it find water? Um, so for... Uh, I don't this, know exactly what is the... Is this because it's conductive? Because it's salt water, right? It's not fresh water? Or, I mean, does the radar bounce off of the conductive part of it? Yeah, so uh, it depends on which frequencies you choose. So for... Oh, you got to pick your frequencies right. Y- you yeah. do. Yeah. I'll attest to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so there's actually been a lot of um, tests looking at ice and looking at water underneath with Earth um, airborne radars. Mm-hmm. There's even some physics experiments that do that. Oh yeah, Earth. for sure. Yeah, there's uh, you can look. There's new experiments trying to find uh, neutrinos, looking for radar signals coming off of particles streaming through ice. Pretty cool. Hmm. I don't wow. think any have found like really started to work, but it's there's a lot of research into it. It's pretty awesome. But this isn't like so. So there's a guy who worked with the UCLA. He's they're they're even thinking of putting like uh, you know detectors way above the ice to look for these huge signals because hmm. because we. There might be these particles that are like so energetic, just beyond anything we can see right now that mm-hmm. we normally look for light, but these really energetic ones, like a single particle can just emit like huge quantities of radio, which is kind of mind blowing that it would come from one particle. But yeah, is, is this uh, like, like solar radiation or something? No, no, this is or? stuff we don't even know oh, where it comes from. We don't know from what yet. it is. Yeah. Black holes or something of that scale. Nothing light. Rate. I mean, nothing from the sun or even a supernova. Okay, gotcha. A lot of times, this, is, this would be black holes colliding or neutron stars colliding. But a lot of it's a mystery because even those things aren't supposed to put out that. Um, there's just, but the more the higher energy we keep looking, the the more we keep seeing. 
so anyway sorry about the radar <laughs> anyway so uh back to radar um so our radar is actually running on two separate frequencies so mm -hmm. we have one frequency like kiss fm and k-rock um yeah lower but okay. yeah uh <laughs> they wouldn't be very good radio stations on earth that's for sure all right uh so what are they can you tell me the names of them do they have fancy names the radar bands oh or, the radar bands they, oh it's it's hf and vhf hf and vhf uh and but not you very low no, uh, no, no, no. That was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got one One of the frequencies will uh, basically get, you get the return off the surface of the ice. Mm -hmm. Then the other frequency will penetrate through the ice and get more of the return back from the ice water interface. Oh, cool. So it's like one shines off and then the other one's tuned to go through ice the itself. Other, yeah, the other one will, will penetrate through the ice somewhat. Um, uh -huh. And so you'll see... Uh, depending on how thick the ice is, hopefully we'll get all the way to the bottom of the ice, and because we'd prefer to see thin ice as opposed to thick ice, much much more interesting for us. Uh, but you also get a lot of information uh, about the ice in the middle, and one of the things we think would be really cool about Europa and is in some of the the models is we think there might actually be sort of like water lakes inside of the ice, so there could actually be liquid water much closer to the surface. Um, than just the like, standard like model. Like pockets of it. Or yeah, something. like big awesome. pockets of ice. And that'd be great. Or of water, rather. There, there might be life in those, as long as exactly. there's a little bit of, uh, you know, protection. Um, I think there's fish. I personally think there's fish. I've been laughed at for claiming it. Oh. I don't mean literal fish, but alien fish. I'm going for the space whales, personally. Space whales? Yep. All right, that's good. <laughs> like full warm-blooded and everything, or just... Uh, or just really big. I, I think mo I haven't really specifically thought like, are they mammals or anything? Uh -huh. Mostly just big. Just big. Yeah, just That'd big awesome. aliens. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a light planet. Everything's light there, right? Like everything weighs less because it's so tiny. It is tiny. So that's maybe, true. Yeah. Maybe there's there's little incentive to not grow to huge sizes or something. You know, that would be awesome. All right, we should have, we should start a, a bidding war or a bet over whether it's space whale or space fish. Although I guess it could get could get ugly about like. What's the difference? Like, what happens if a giant space squid shows up? Who yeah, win squids, who wins? Who wins fish or the squid? <laughs> or the fish or the whale? Or, or, or we're just going to find uh, tardy grades and they'll just be regular old ones. You right, never know. right. Uh, last <laughs> episode, I had uh, the guy who's a science advisor for Ant Man. I forgot to bring this up with him. He's actually, he coined the phrase quantum realm, which is awesome. But I <laughs> forgot to bring this up. I love that at Ant Man, I don't know if you've seen it, they I have haven't. tardigrades down at the micro. Every time he shrinks, they show giant tardigrades. <laughs> it was so cool. I like practically jumped up in my seat while watching the theater. Nice. <laughs> they did it like a lot. It's like, yeah, you shrink. There's tardigrades. <laughs> I, I like that they actually made it realistic there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it has really good science consulting. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, I'll have to listen to that episode. <laughs> so do you know, how much do you know about this? I mean, you just graduated recently, like, you know, just four years ago. Four years so, ago, yeah. yeah. So so you're a newbie to this, but do you know much about the um, the Mars one? Because that's a, probably a similar kind of radar. I hadn't heard of this instrument. So in fact, I'm having trouble finding it. Do you remember the name of the instrument? Uh, um uh eh, don't worry about it but <laughs> it's either i think it might be is it mro or or is i don't it, think so no because i've heard of that one I or marsis i think that's i'm it. not sure yeah um i'm i'm not on the mars programs i don't I i'm sure i work down the hall from someone who worked on this <laughs> right. but uh you had lunch with them yesterday this is fresh enough yeah. that i've seen the public stuff just like yeah, you. and i made the misfortune of clicking on national geographic it's like they're not gonna give me that kind of detail <laughs> Here we go. I'll go to the to science newspaper or science. But yeah, my understanding uh, of it, is that what you said? Yeah, Mars. Yeah, Mars advanced radar for subsurface and ionosphere sounding. Wow, I don't know what that means, but it sounds awesome. Low frequency radar on uh, and red profiles between 2012 2015 on the southern uh, ice caps, and looked below the ice there. Now, Mars ice caps doesn't mean water really it means like dry ice right and water it's like mixed there together is, there is ice water on on mars mm, but they're kind of like mixed together right or uh, i think it's a it's a, a good chunk of it is just regular old water ice oh okay um and and they've actually seen too um sort of in uh these striated cliff sides mm -hmm. um where it's like looks like sedimentary rocks on a cliff face they can see that there's water ice there and from the from the chemical signatures they know that it's water that's so, so awesome. Yeah. Uh, 
So uh, finding liquid water is the cool part. We were very positive about the the frozen water. Right. Yeah. Well, because it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Although it gets warm in in the you know the equator of Mars, it gets to like seventy degrees, which is the temperature California gets to in the winter. So, <laughs> but it's enough to melt uh, melt ice. Um, yeah. So they found this lake twenty kilometers wide, um, really, really in the in the pole area, which is just confused like why is there i there sorry why is there liquid water in the coldest spot of mars is very strange but um that's exciting so do you yeah, liquid there's water, probably no definitely exciting there's probably no space whales there though right probably are not you, are you and betting for at that? least at least my understanding from reading the the news about it is it it's not huge no 20 kilometers and I think it's like a meter thick or something. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. still tardigrades. You never know. Tardigrades, bacteria, all sorts of <laughs> things could be there. Oh, man. I need to get a tardigrade as a guest on the show sometime. But that would be hard. Uh, they sell plushies for him. But, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. I got a friend uh, doing research in him. To... People uh, tweet me pictures of tardigrades that they get because of, the, of the show. There, there's this one. Uh, one was from... Tweeted from uh, Amsterdam. There's like a giant tardigrade chair, and somebody found it. Interesting. <laughs> Tweeted it was awesome. Uh, all right. Well, Julie, thank you for being on the show. This has been a blast. Thank I love you. hearing this about these fun. pranks. Um, so, are you upset about changing your name because it's such a great prank name? I mean, I couldn't tell. I think you you were like nervous that that people were were associating your name with the pranks. <laughs> Like oh that. no! Actually, it's, it's yeah. been it's been great. I found a lot of random people find me uh-huh. uh, and like tell me how they thought it was super cool. Uh, um, I did not lose the jester name; it's still in there. Okay. Uh, so put it as my middle name. Um, there were a lot of jokes before. Um, a lot there was with the the Pasadena sign prank. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Pasadena newspapers oh interviewed God. us. They must have loved that. Um, and, I mean, they, they talked to me. They knew I was a real person. Uh-huh. Um, but then in the article they actually published, they they said, uh, you know, Julie Jester, if that's her real name. <laughs> and this became a huge joke amongst all of uh-huh. all of my friends uh, as everyone just well, questioned. It sounds like a Superman villain, I gotta say. Uh, yeah. It was like, Superman, I've caught you again. There's, a, you know, it's, exactly. I prank Superman. I put a sign that says Superman, but then Julie Jester shows up or something. Yeah, and so, <laughs> um, so there was all there was this constant joke that my name was fake. So uh, I've now kept it. It is now my middle name. Just doing the the switch, mm-hmm. um, and so now it sounds even more fake. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have a daughter? You could name her uh, Courtney, so that you could be Court Jester. All right, let's just forget that one. <laughs> That's it. Right, thank you very much for being yeah, on the thank show. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and um, how would people contact you or follow you, or do you not want them to? <laughs> do you have a Twitter handle, that sort of thing. You want uh, if people have questions for you? Uh, email. I don't know. Email. No, the millennials don't know what email. Bert, you're a millennial though. I have so Facebook. <laughs> I never got a Twitter. I have. Oh wow. Okay. Lucky you. Yeah, yeah, you should don't bother. It's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this uh, been... <laughs> you, enough googling has been sufficient for multiple people. So, <laughs> right. yeah, there's and you have an easy rubber name. So, that was it. All right, thanks for being on the show. Thanks.